It's college basketball. Basketball? Basketball! Did I do basketball? No, um, play basketball, snowboarding, more basketball. We did win the basketball game. We are live in the newsroom. I'm Charlie Goldsmith, and Northwestern lost to Wisconsin on Saturday, but it was close enough that we're actually going to record a podcast this week. I'm joined by Andrew Golden, Peter Warren, Ella Brockway, and we have Ryan spinning the ones and twos. I'll let whoever enjoyed the game the most on Saturday talk first. What would you guys think? I thought the, was, the, the crowd was pretty electric on, uh, on Saturday. I thought the, the student section was one of the best we've ever had. Probably since the Michigan game, and I'm sure when Chris Collins and um, all the administration were imagining what the new Walsh Ryan Arena would look like, that that was what he expected. And the T-shirt's pretty cool, too. I love the cat jam. I love the throwbacks. Yeah. Those students really came out for those chicken fingers and chips giveaway. Um, no, I think that uh, that was, like Andrew said, the best environment that Walsh Ryan has seen since the Michigan game. And... Um, you know, Northwestern, like, lost the game, but their offense didn't look as bad as it has in the past seven games submitting that Iowa game. They shot above 40 for, like, 40% for, the four, like, the fourth time this year, I think, and they put up more than 60, which is um, not something that happens every so often. So I think there was a lot that could be taken away from that game, both good and bad, but... Ethan Happ is still the best player in the country. I still... The country? Okay, hot take... But I like your confidence. Oh. I mean, we're assuming Zion is out right now. So. And he's still the best in the. No, never, mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. Let's finish, let's finish that. He's going to play. He's going to play the year because Zion, I think, is not going to play for the next few weeks. And as a result, after being. You're never going to give a guy who's been out for a month player of the year. Yes. Because Zion. Okay. But he's got RJ. I'm just, I'm just throwing stuff out here. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just okay, saying. Okay, okay. You know how those college basketball, you know, they, they, they like the seniors. The seniors, Ethan Happ, great guy. Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky, mm-hmm. similar situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ethan Happ's averaging, you know, double-double. He's, you know, quietly had 14 and 10. Wisconsin has the toughest player I've ever seen this year in buzz cut Brad Davidson. That's the softest player True I've seen all year in Nate Reavers. That means to learn how to take a charge. And Brian James said the exact same thing. The man was soft. I'm watching. Very pardon took him to took him to the paint every single time. Every I, single matchup. I'm watching from the second deck, and I'm like, this man could not knock me over. If I wasn't paying attention, he'd call behind me, give me an elbow. I'd be like, what is this? Like a little, little breeze right now? What's going on? I will say that my favorite part of the Wisconsin game was me, Char- uh, Charlie, Andrew, and I got there an hour and a half early. I don't really know Earlier why. Earlier than Anthony Gaines. Also true statement. But um, so we spent a lot of time scrolling through Northwestern's college basketball reference page. And we found out that both a 51 point loss to Duke in 1986 occurred and a top 10 matchup against UNC occurred in 1958 so I don't know I want thousand word features on both of those games (laughs) we don't have much more to say about like this northwestern repetitive like here's what happened in the last game here's what's going to happen in the next game because that doesn't feel as important in the stakes of the season Uh, so we're going to start looking forward we've each picked a player uh, who we want to put a spotlight on, looking at the skills that they have uh, right now, what we can, I guess, what a Northwestern fan would hope to see from them going forward, the like the positive signs to look for. And then in a perfect world, like what their ceiling could be next year and then maybe what their downside could be next year as a player as well. On a team that's surely going to look a lot different, Andrew uh, is going to start with a player who played a lot. Now he's not playing that much, but he's the only point guard on the team. Who you got? Yeah, uh, the, the person I want to focus on is uh, Ryan Greer. He's had a lot of good. He's had some good games, some bad games. Um, Coach Collins hasn't really set an established role for him, but for sure his best game was against Wisconsin on the road. Um, he finished with six points. He only took three shots, but he was really good. He did a really good job of attacking the paint. 
um, and kind of moving the ball around. I thought it was pretty effective against Wisconsin for a team as good as they are. He really stepped up, especially on the road. Um, his worst game, I mean, he's probably had a lot of games where he hasn't scored um, just because he's not really that much of an offensive option and he's a freshman. Um, so he's had a mix of both. If I were to predict what he what to expect from him next year, I definitely expect for him to go more towards the games he had against Wisconsin. I think a more of a role for a team that really needs a true point guard. I think an extra year of experience will really help him run the team. Um, and I think that he's gonna. I, I think he's averaging one point six points per game this season. I'm pretty positive he'll score more next year. Uh, maybe ten points a game, something like that. Um, I think he can really contribute um, and really be a facilitator for Northwestern. As of right now, when does Chris Collins use him? I'm I'm not really sure. I it just I think it just depends on the team and the matchup, and if there's somebody who matches his his frame as a guard. Um, you didn't really see against Wisconsin because they kind of had bigger guards, but I guess in, in matchups against smaller guards, when he tends to use Greer Moore, so I think that's probably what he utilizes him the most. The one last thing on Ryan, he reclassified in the summer. He should be a senior in high school right now. Does that age gap show itself on the floor, or does he just look like your normal freshman? No, he looks he he doesn't he doesn't look like he's at, he doesn't look like he should be in high school. He plays pretty well for somebody who um, who reclassified. I think whenever he goes out there, he's pretty fearless when he goes out there. It's not like he's, he's shying away from anybody. I just think in terms of his scoring, he's just not really involved in the offense because they have other options to go to. Speaking of his age, it's his birthday on Wednesday, February 27th. Happy birthday, Ryan. Ryan Green turns 19. Maybe 19. one day he can be a friend of the program. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now it's a list of two. See, Michael John Teske. Um, Pete, uh, someone who's now a starter, now is part of like Northwestern's key core going forward. He might be their best returning player next year. Tell us about Anthony Gaines. So, yeah, you mentioned him starting. He didn't start off the year as a starter, uh, really, until that second Michigan game is when he got his first start of the year. And he's really started pretty much except for one game since. Uh, I think we all were not really surprised when he started the year coming off the bench because Collins really sort of emphasized. At that point, he said, you know, we have a bunch of guys who could start. But now it sort of turns out. He only really wants six guys to really start. He's now the Turners and Cop have sort of been moved down sort of pecking order in that. But if you look at him, the interesting part about Anthony is that there are some games, especially recently, where he's sort of started to impose himself more on offense. I think part of that is because Ryan Taylor, you know, at the, the two guard, his natural position, uh, his minutes have gone down. He played 18 minutes in Wisconsin, whether that was because of an injury or just because he's just – it's Collins put the foot down and said, you ain't hitting shots, I can't play you. I don't know. But if you look, Gaines is, you know, best game this year, came in a, the rough loss against Maryland when he went 7 for 10 from the free throw line, 5 for 11 from the field for 18 points and 7 rebounds. And I think that's, you know, for looking to next year, that'd be a ceiling or a, a ceiling for him just because I don't think any of us expect him to really, even if he is, you know, the best returning guy on this team, He's not, you know, a you know a pure scorer, a pure shooter. I think we all view him more of a slasher, you know, a physical guard who can maybe get some good post-ups. And I think if you're really going to try to project what he's going to look like next year, probably a little more, you know, roll on offense, taking some of that big, you know, off-guard, off-point uh, off guard, ball-handling duties. But again, you know, in a similar situation to Vic, when, with BMAC, when BMAC was on the team, uh, you know, top defender, good secondary uh, recurring scoring option and just a guy who can if he if he has the right matchup you know not be afraid to you know, go double digits drop 18 points 
And Ella, uh, your player is probably the only good shooter returning next year. Tell us about Miller Cop. So I'm just scrolling through Miller Cop stats here, and I don't think I fully realized this, but Miller Cop started the first 16 games of this season for Northwestern. Um, he was on a pretty upward trajectory, shooting like ticking around like eight to ten attempts, I'd say, in the, that like 16 game stretch when he was in. Um, but really, after the Iowa game, like the first Iowa game in January, he hasn't played or he hasn't started any of those games since. And the time that he has played in, he hasn't hit more than three shots in a game. So um, I think out of all the freshmen, I would like the three freshmen being Ryan Greer, Pete Nance, and Miller Cop. I'd probably say he is the um, the most expected of the three to play a really significant role next season, based on the amount of playing time he's seen this season and the amount of shots he's been taking. I will say, like he. Played 26 minutes against Wisconsin, took five field goal attempts and only made one of them. But he, in the past three games against Nebraska, Ohio State, and Wisconsin, he has shown a bigger willing or like a greater willingness to pull up from deep. And um, I think that's a good sign. I think it's just a matter of um, how much he develops over the summer. And I think he's going, in order for him to really play like a significant role as a sophomore, I think he's going to need to significantly develop like and improve his shooting just to become a more consistent shooter. Definitely, and I'll get a quick word in on Barrett Benson. He's a junior. He'll be in. He's only a returning post player next year if you don't count Ryan Young, who's redshirting this year. Um, with him, just Northwestern has an interesting decision to make. Do they want to play a traditional center in Barrett Benson? Do you want to try to mold him in the offseason, uh, teach him one of Derek Pardon's post moves, uh, and have his post-ups be a consistent part of the offense? Do you want to risk having someone who might be a little more mobile but less poised, less mature, and less of a defensive presence in Ryan Young? Or, on top of that, do you want to try something crazy and start maybe a freshman at center, try running a 2-3 zone with Pete Nance at the 5 and completely uh, recreate or restructure an offense around spacing, shooting, and athleticism? Because, uh, obviously, as we said, like none of our guys, Anthony's not averaging double digits, right, Peter? No. How many is he averaging? Do you remember? Like eight, nine? <laughs> not even that. Way under that, actually. And that's, averaging... what do we got? The should tell you everything you need to know. Like, I think it's like nine. Yeah. Uh, he's only averaging 6.7, which Six. I feel like, I feel like, personally, we watch, I watch Anthony Gaines a lot, and I'm like, I feel like this man should be putting up, like, 12 points a yeah. game, but then I look and I see he's only made, like, I don't know, like, two jumpers and like I don't know I think I always watch him and I'm like I feel like he's on the court so much and he's doing so much in the minutes that he is playing but the stat line doesn't but, reflect yeah, but again that the, the best re- the fact that we're saying the best returning player is averaging 6.7 points shows yeah. like Northwestern might have to like start from scratch next season and try some crazy I think I think he's going a little bit more in conference but like the thing is I think it's I think Northwestern has this tendency where like they start they try to incorporate a lot of people into their offense that aren't Vic Law and Derek Pardon like early in the game and then when it and then when the, it gets late in the game in the second half, then they just they just go to Vic Law and Derek Pardon. The other guys don't get used. So it's like why are like why are we not developing those people to build the confidence, take those late game shots, and why like why are Vic Law and Derek Pardon the only ones taking those shots late in the games if they're trying to get them more involved early on? Well, we'll get to see probably four, five more games that over the course of the season. Um, we'll be right back after this break. Nope. Go to commercial. Go to commercial. Got the commercial. Got the commercial. What about commercial? We're at commercial. Commercials. Commercial. You like that commercial? I love those commercials. We are back in the newsroom, still live, still excited, 
still hoping that we can break Andrew's two-game losing streak. Ryan, you've been spinning the ones and twos. What do you got? It's actually a two-game winning streak. I won't have slander on this podcast. Right. <laughs> Andrew's won two in a row. That's what I said. Andrew's two-game winning streak. You said it's two-game losing streak. I'm at winning streak. Anyway, the game we're playing today is another old game bringing back over under onto the podcast. Um, again, for those of you new listeners, for Ella, uh, the way this game works is I will list a stat line with an over and under, and you each will get a chance to, uh, to pick if you think the actual stat is, again, over or under. So pretty simple game, uh, and we will whip through it. If it's tied after five rounds, we will go to a tiebreaker. And let me tell you, it is a tough one. Are we ready for the game? All right, round one. The line is set at eight and a half, and the stat is number of games the men's basketball team has lost in a row. We'll go around. Andrew, we'll start with you. Under. Under? Under. 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 That is correct. The number is right, eight. Put that down, Andrew. The number is eight. About? I don't know if anybody's. It's on that I don't know, know if anybody's cheating. Game losing streak like three times in every single yeah, story. Yeah, I, I, I pulled up that. on the I women's lacrosse it. schedule, so you can. It also, it was it was here for the whole question. You wait till after I got the question right to say that I was I was using my computer. Just want to. Okay, well, I'm just saying, if there was cheating, everyone was, cheated. Was, so it was, uh, it was an easy question. We all knew it. Today. I'm choosing you not knowing. I'm just saying. Okay. The stat line is two and a half, and the stat is Big Ten teams with one or fewer away wins. So I'll give you a second to think about that. Ella, we're going to start with you on this one. We'll give you a second to think, but again, over or under, Big Ten teams with one or fewer away wins. Two and a half was the line? Two and a half was the line. Ella, we start with you. I'm going over. Charlie? Under. Under. Over. The answer is over. It is three Big Ten teams with one or fewer away wins, and those teams will be Minnesota, Illinois, and, of course, your Northwestern Wildcats. Oh, those are not the three I thought it was. So it is 2-2-1-1 two, two, one, one with our usual Andrew in the lead and Ella you, also usual. tied for first. Just be thankful I didn't show up sooner than <laughs> this would have been. Okay, the stat or the stat the line excuse me is 1800 and the stat line the stat is points scored by northwestern on the season what's the number again 1800 points scored by northwestern on the season you cannot use a calculator you can use your mental math though i'll give you a second listeners the the whole newsroom staff there they're really thinking i'm a journalist i'm supposed to do this (laughs) i had a marker for my whiteboard if only Pete had a marker, but sadly he does not. And Andrew, you know we're going to start with you this time. Over? Oh, no, 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 no. Or under? Andrew's rubbing his nose. Under. Under. Okay, Pete? Over. Under. Under. The answer is under. The amount of There's points no they've scored score is 1,788. So oh, it's I, close. That's higher than I thought it would It's been. close. But once again, Pete is in a, a distant last. This is what happened last time. Don't call it a comeback. Charlie is in second with two points and a perfect three for three. Evelyn and Andrew. All right, the fourth question over under the line is 0. 0.5. And the stat line and the stat is NU players ranked in the top five in the Big Ten in field goal percentage. Hmm. 0. 0.5? 0.5. In the top ten. In the, sorry, in the top five. Top in the top five. five. In the top five in the Big Ten. Well, Ella, we're going to start there. with you. 
we're going to go over or under. It looks like there may be some collusion. Oh, we're going to pretend we're talking right now. Yeah. <laughs> and the microphone is in business. It's in business. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm going over. I believe in Derek. You're going, I'm over? going over? I believe in Derek over. Cardinson. Over. I'm also going to go over. The correct answer is over. Derek Parton is in the top five of players in the Big Ten in field goal percentage. All right, so this is a very important question. Question number five. Again, Andrew and I have different answers. Uh, you know, one of them will walk away with the title here, and we won't need a tiebreaker. All I know is I'm not going But Charlie does still have a shot. I do. Charlie does still have a shot. The, the line is three and a half, and the stat is number of NU players who have recorded three steals in a game this season and again let me make this clear this is unique player so if a player has done it multiple times they don't count twice so this is number of number of unique players that have recorded three steals in a game this season the over under is three and a half that's excellent game hosting right there to clarify (laughs) had to clarify didn't want the uh he does more than just three ones and twos i know i didn't want the mob coming after me so Uh, i'm gonna say under i'm gonna say under Three and a half? Three and a half. Unique players. Unique players. These are indeed the parameters of this question. I need an over and under, Petey. Yeah, give me over. Over. I gotta go over. <gasps> over is correct! <laughs> it is four players. It's Miller Cop, AJ Turner, Vic Law, and Derek Pardon. Derek Pardon. Oh. He can do so much. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we have a winner. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We have a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Ella, how does it feel to not only beat all of these longtime hosts, but also go perfect five for five? I'm just, I am representing women in sports out here. I feel proud to, to carry this mantle today. Okay, and how does it feel to lose on that last question there, <laughs> you, you, you know, I'm pretty disappointed, but um, I still beat Peter. Still be Peter. Peter was last on that one. Oh, uh, well. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, you, 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 had, you had three. Everybody else had four or five. I'll throw it back to Charlie for our second half of our show today. Uh, well, I was trying to think of a mental Northwestern's carrying, but I couldn't come up with one. What they are carrying is a ticket to the Big Ten tournament, unlike the women's soccer team, because in men's basketball, everyone gets a shot. So we're going to be talking about the teams that Northwestern could be hoping to play in the Big Ten tournament. Now Northwestern is in last place in the Big Ten. But there are other teams who have more wins but aren't necessarily that good. Um, We'll go around the circle. Andrew, which Big Ten team do you think Northwestern should be most hoping to face in the first round? Uh, My my guess would be Rutgers. Um, I think think Northwestern matches up the best against Rutgers. Um, They've beaten them once this season, which I think is is pretty beneficial. It gives them confidence that they can beat them. Um, The only other team I can think of is Penn State. They beat us at home. And uh, Lamar Stevens and um, who, who's who's other who's their other big man? For Watkins. Yeah, Watkins and Watkins. The two, the two, the two of them really took Northwestern. They, they really did a great job against Northwestern. So I think their best matchups against Rutgers. Garrett Parton can match up against their big man. I don't really think Rutgers has a lot of other options. Um, that I feel like Northwestern can exploit that, especially with Vic Law at power forward at the small forward position. Peter. That's interesting because I actually would not want to play Rutgers. I don't think we match up that well. I think the last time we played them, they showed they knew how to handle Pardon in the post. And I think, I don't know, just knowing Geo Baker, I talked to him after the game, and there was some real, you know, anxieties. Not, that's not really the right word, but he was very anxious to play Northwestern again after the first time. 
when he felt they disrespected uh, the Scarlet Knights in, in their own arena at the Rack in Piscataway, New Jersey, when they were playing music a little too loudly after their win, which has been their only road win in the year for Northwestern. I think Penn State would be a very good matchup. But I'm looking at the sayings right now, and I think Indiana could be one I'd really like to see. Indiana has really fallen off. I mean, they're on a five-game losing streak right now. They're 2-9 and nine on the road, uh, much like Northwestern, a very bad road team. Just the thing about Indiana is you have you have uh, Romeo, Romeo Langford, who's you know still a, you know, a lottery guy, in my opinion. But, I mean, he's really – you can sort of – if you put Vickle on him, you put anything against him, I think you can sort of neutralize that. I think Parton's the best post player in the matchup. I think he could exploit that, especially if they go small with their usual lineup. And I just think that's sort of – we saw when they played here last month in our last win, Collins' 100th win. They, they're a team that we can beat, and I think we have confidence against them, and I think it would be the best matchup. The only reason why I think Rutgers is probably more of a better matchup for Northwestern is because I think that in both games, I mean, against I, I Rutgers, I mean, Ryan, T- Ryan Taylor was kind of like the go-to person that first Rutgers game. He scored 14 points at the late shot. And against Indiana, I mean, you have foul zone. I think that in both games, like it just comes down to somebody from Northwestern stepping up, and I think that Indiana has more talent than Rutgers has. So I think if you're going to have a, a big game where somebody steps up, you have a more you have a more of a better chance of it happening against Rutgers with less ha- less talent than someone like Indiana with Romeo Langford. But I think the problem is that if we're going, if you're going to go against Rutgers, Rutgers going to throw two big men out against this game. Are we going to put Benson and Parn in the, in the same lineup? Because that did not work the second time around. They double teamed. So what are you going to do in that situation? Like I said, I think it's going to take somebody getting hot. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, you look at the Indiana game and Falzon got hot. You look at, I mean, you look at Ryan Taylor make some clutch shots. I think Vic Law started to look more like himself again. We saw that on Saturday against Wisconsin. So I think that it's going to come down to Vic Law and people like that making plays from the perimeter if they double team Derek Pardon. I think Derek Pardon is still going to get his looks. It's just a matter of can we make shots on the outside and perimeter when that happens. And I think that uh, I think that Vic Law can do that, and I think that Ryan Taylor could do that. It can be any variety of people, but I think that the Northwestern has the tools now with a thick wall being healthy to actually do that. Ella, what team do you have? So I was originally going to say Indiana. I uh, Just to add to what Peter said, Indiana is not only on a five-game losing streak, but they also have only won one of their last 12, which is an ugly number, and they have number 19, Wisconsin, and number 6, Michigan State, come up. But um, as we've been talking, I've been running a bunch of um, prediction tests on my guy Bart Torvik's uh, website, and he keeps, <clears throat> excuse me, um, all of these tests I keep running have us playing Nebraska in the first round. So I think that's an interesting match, that, uh, like a potential for a matchup. Um, Nebraska's in 10th place, I believe, in the Big Ten right now. They have games against Michigan, Michigan State, and Iowa coming up. I don't see them beating any of those teams. And I, um, when we played that, or when Northwestern played Nebraska, they lost by nine points. But Law had kind of, Law only went off for 15 points. Um, Pardon was kind of, uh, Pardon scored 13, but he didn't. He shot five for 12, not his best night. And I think if you can, res- like limit Isaiah Roby, they didn't limit him that game. But um, I just think it'd be an interesting matchup. That we have one more follow up question: If Northwestern uh, somehow makes it to Friday in the big, or I guess to Sat, it would be to Friday in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, the top four seeds right now are projected to be Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and uh, or not Wisconsin, Purdue. Uh, yeah, Michigan State, Purdue. 
Michigan and actually Maryland leap Wisconsin over the past weekend. So again, Michigan State, Purdue, Michigan, Maryland. Uh, Andrew, which are those four teams do you think Northwestern would have the best shot against? I'd just rather just go go home and not watch the game. But if I, if I had if I had to choose one, um, uh, God, um, Maryland. I guess, but Maryland's big men need to do Jalen Smith and Bruno Fernando. I, mean, I don't know how Derek Parr would be able to, to compete with that. I, 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 don't, I don't think any of those teams are a good matchup for Northwestern. I guess maybe maybe Purdue. I guess Purdue's probably their best matchup at this point. Just, just I, feel like with, I feel like their main score is Edwards, and I feel like Northwestern's defense is going to contain him. Um, but in terms of being down low, I don't really know how they would match up. Huh? Yeah, I would probably go of those top four. I don't want to see Northwestern playing Michigan State or Michigan again. We know how those previous two turned out. And um, I think depending on how their fi- Northwestern's final regular season game against Purdue um, a few weeks or two weeks from now, I guess, goes, that could be an interesting matchup that, um, again, like Andrew said, if you can find out a way to limit Edwards, then that exponentially helps your chances. And, um, again, I don't think Northwestern would make it out of Friday against any of those four teams, but... Um, I think Purdue would be an interesting matchup. Peter? Give me Michigan State. Listen up. Nick Ward, most likely not not going to play with the, the injury to his hand. I think... If Josh Langford's also out. Like, yeah, Langford's also out. So you're going to pretty much... If you can go, again, Gaines and Law, you have one of them to shut down Cassius Winston. I mean, obviously, it's a different you know different game. They saw you know, McQuaid, Goins, Tillman, you know, a bunch of guys, good players on that team. But the thing is... With Nick Nick Ward and the last two games of Michigan State, of course, the infamous game last year when they were up by you know, you know, four touchdowns and lost. Nick Ward, I thought, was the most important player on the floor that game. His second time, he was the best player on the floor. Nick Ward is not going to play. That means because I think in my mind, Derek Pardon advantage. He has struggled against Nick Ward, and I think they're big men without Nick Ward. They're good, but they're not game changers. And if you get Derek Pardon in a game changing situation, I'll take my chances. Well, no matter what happens on Friday at the Big Ten Tournament, the Daily Northwestern will be there because they cannot take away our credentials. Thanks for listening to The Daily Balance. Follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow The Daily Sports on Twitter at DailyNU underscore sports. And lastly, follow us on Twitter. I'm at 2021 underscore Charlie. Peter is at the Peter Warren. Andrew is at Andrew C. Goldman. L is at the L. Brockway. Thank you for tuning in.